0: Hey everyone, welcome to the 8th episode of CareCut and 2nd episode of CareCut Unfiltered. I am your host and storyteller, Kairav Shah. In today's episode, I am joined by Sakina Tayabji. Sakina is a communication designer at Accenture Mumbai. She has given multiple talks, TEDx talks on product design, UI, UX and design in general. I met Sakina in 2017 at Makers Asylum Mumbai basically an exchange program and since then i've been following her work she's one person whose opinion and work i really really appreciate when it comes to design uh today's topic today's episode will be on design as a form of storytelling basically we'll be discussing the impact a design can have on humans and world as a whole so hope you like it How's how's quarantine?
1: It's both good and bad. Mm -hmm. It's great because I get so much more time at home, trying out so many more things. But it's also messy, like in the head. um, With just like making your peace with everything. And I came across this interesting term called empathy fatigue, um, where Mm -hmm. you're just like, there's so many issues going on right now that you're, tired of like empathizing or like trying to help or like uh, even give your attention to it
0: and all the issues are like relevant ones and you just feel like you have to say something or do something but yeah, i've stopped watching news i've stopped twitter significantly also like only on instagram so far that that's also because i don't know i wanted to have a social detox maybe like two days where there's no internet or something but probably soon <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was just wondering that I was uh, starting my laptop and, you know, that is a screen timeout where your laptop starts, like loading screen appears. And that's when I just started and browsing on Instagram. So I was like, this is way, this is going too much now because, you know, even in that two, three seconds, I'm just like, and it was reflex. It was not, I wanted to see something. It was just like, I cannot wait now. So starting with the first question, Sakina, uh, I remember like, for me, when I started understanding design in particular. So this was like back in 2015, 2016 when I had like was printing a school or so not school, but college magazine. And initially mm-hmm. we started with Word and then Photoshop and then InDesign. You know, all that stuff happened. And that's when I started understanding design. You know, first you see design, but then you start understanding design. So that was the moment when I started understanding design. What was when was that moment in your uh I would say not career, but life when you thought, okay, this is not something, just a visual, uh, you know, experience or not just like something that pleases your eyes. It has more to it. It has more to, is there more meaning to it? And it has a huge impact which you can do it. So when was this transition where you actually fell in love with design?
1: So I think, um, um, I started having an influence, um, design rather started having an influence in my life at a pretty young age. Um, I have an aunt in Ahmedabad, uh, my grandmother's sister, who is sort of um, one of those people who was uh, there during while design was pioneered in India. When it really came to India, when an idea sort of began, she was in Mm -hmm. that wave in that period of time. And um, since a young age, I would go visit her. And um, even her daughter is a designer. So just watching them work, uh, sketch, the way of their life, in fact. uh, I often like saying that design is like a lifestyle. And just seeing that, being in that environment, uh, made me imagine that, okay, this is something I want to do. Um, But yeah, again, that was a very surface level understanding of design. It grew much more when I started training under her. Uh, I think in the 11th and 12th grade, I would go there for my summer vacations. train under her to prepare for design school. And um, yeah, I think um, design school primarily changed. Um, There was this version for Tina before design school and a version 2.0 after design school. And it shifted all my perspectives and... uh, yeah, I think that entire journey itself, I don't think I can pinpoint a time that, okay, this is when I understood design. But um, I think that journey itself is something that um, transformed my perceptions about everything. And that, I think, is design.
0: You are a communication designer. So to be honest, I didn't knew this from, I just Googled it like a couple of days back and I found like uh, when you, want to send a message through a design that's what communication designer is right so i mean i am very mature in knowing what levels or different professions are in design but why specific communication designer like is there any specific reason you wanted to go into that particular field or do you know where the transition happened okay you know what okay this is what i wanted to do this is what i like as a communication designer when, when was this as, I can say, communication designer, or it was just like uh, a natural transition.
1: To elaborate a little on why that title itself, Mm -hmm. I I think it's a really awesome way of explaining what I do, because uh, it encapsulates so much and doesn't limit my uh, medium of work to anything. Like, I'm not only an illustrator or a UI ux designer or someone proficient in graphics. I can do all of it and I enjoy doing all of it. Um, And um, I think, yeah, um, when I began to learn about uh, what the expanse of the field is, uh, it was really just like uh, when I got into the looking at students' work and I could just visualize myself doing that. Like, hey, I could, uh, I would enjoy designing that. I would enjoy designing that. Um, But while I say that, I also believe very strongly in um, interdisciplinary design so I also do like saying that the titles don't matter I could also be doing product design I could also be doing system design yeah I think uh, I like the versatility of this term so much
0: gotcha gotcha coming to the next question which is a perfect segue to what you said like uh, what is the level of impact a design can create for me like if i consider like cinema cinema is a visual experience right so a viewer is taken from a complete journey from start to end right and when you when i when i say design as you said it can be many things like product design but interactive design but if i consider a single poster or something like a billboard ad right what is the level of impact that particular thing can have on human mind you know so i've seen multiple examples but is there any specific example which you related to or you know any someone's work in specific that maybe this design actually revolutionized the world uh, we can few of the examples i would say in terms of product design is apple we can say the design changed how people think right so is there any specific example you have in mind that uh that can say that this has changed uh, the human mind or affected impacted human mind in a significant way or and another question is like, to what extent the design can have an impact on the world? So,
1: so uh, lately I've been very fascinated by um, just reading. So, how we've always termed uh, design as you know human-centered design, or we're designing for a human, yeah. or designing for a user. But um, I'm reading about uh, life-centered design hmm. that actually doesn't allow only a human to be the user it's taking the human as a part of an ecosystem looking at a larger picture uh taking into consideration the habitat we're living in and anything and everything that can be uh, a consequence or um an instigator to that design so i mean the impact of design would just be like the world and the sky is your limit because from human emotions to um designing for... I recently came across this um, mm-hmm. entire product set that was so fascinating for pet dogs. Uh, so it's like this little um, little box and mm. there are different knobs in it. And uh, there's a snack or a treat placed in one of them. And the dog has to figure out which one and like solve, almost like solve a puzzle. Um, so, I mean, we're not only designing for humans, we're designing for uh, different senses, Uh, The environment um, and everything really around us. So, I think that is Mm -hmm. the extent of what design can take us to. Um, But a little humor to even (laughs) lighten that is uh, I I think I read somewhere that what is the most sustainable thing that we as humans can do? And uh, I think it said, like, it's just like die. That's Mm the most sustainable thing you can do. (laughs) I think.
0: I I no no it, it's completely fine. I mean I, everyone is having existential thoughts uh, nowadays but I completely understand. I actually saw a uh, I actually was you watching a video, I guess it was a Ted Talk of a shoe designer uh, that uh, when you wear it you can use as a normal shoes but after you are done using it you can just plant it somewhere and a tree grows out of it. So there are seeds in it in that shoes and that shoes decompose in itself. So couple of your series like one was uh correct me if i'm wrong here uh 365 days of letters right and the mm-hmm. second which recently I'm, i am i just saw was expressing yourself during the quarantine which was a really yeah. really uh relatable one so i saw the design i understood it i i understood the thoughts in it but i wanted to know that how the colors and how so how deep was that? Like if I say any kind of, okay. if I took any kind of a design, I want to know each, does the color represent something in motion or something?
1: Um, yeah, the uh, evolution of thought is what I've named that series. And it's really to show this, uh, you know, back and forth of like positive thoughts and negative thoughts and just day-to-day thoughts we've been having. And uh, I'm using the series actually um, as my like a coping mechanism of sorts for myself yeah. um that's so, what this
0: podcast it, is all about <laughs> a coping <laughs> a coping mechanism for me i would say oh you all have
1: it. that um <laughs> and it's always that side project or that personal project that keeps us going and um i look forward to it like at the end of every day i'm looking forward to just mm-hmm. like getting through it and um just it allows me time so like for starters how do i like that, okay, this is the thought I want to, like, express. Mm For starters, I just leave myself with these thoughts. I give myself time to think, like, that breather. And that is what, like, is so important about uh, my relationship with this work. Uh, And besides that, I think it's so much about experimentation. So, one is, uh, 3D is a very new skill set I've owned. It's only been a year of, like, working with it. So a lot of experimentation with it. Uh, but I think, yes, um, things like color representing like the mood I want to set. Like I think the first artwork is uh, it says doomed to die. You know how we all just have like, like we said earlier, this existential crisis of sorts. So it's a very dark image with like this red, uh, you know, hell, hellish, like uh, you know, red. Popping out of there, and um, also like this one mood, which is like, What day is it today? Mm-hmm. And it's just like this gloomy, blue colors that I've used. Uh, so, yeah, I think mood um, also plays such an important role with something I want to communicate. But I'm not too hard on myself um, with this work I'm doing, I'm just like enjoying it. Um, and I'm obsessed um, with our sense of touch. I've done a lot of work around uh, our sense of touch, and I enjoy this this medium of 3D work because I think we can explore so many different textures. Like very often, people comment on like work I made like yummy. Like, they almost want to like <laughs> touch the screen and like grab it out. But yeah. that's what I enjoy about uh, this medium. It's uh, it makes you feel like you want to touch it from the screen.
0: Gotcha. I mean, it, it cannot be so surface level. I mean, I saw a couple of your stories, your work, which you're doodling into and you're li- writing all your thoughts, as you perfectly said that a lot behind the scenes goes into the final piece which you see, right? So uh-huh. what is what is your, I would not say this is a very, you know, what is your process and those kind of questions, but you know, you have to be in that zone. So for me, it is like, I am in that zone. Then there is some kind of a output I can create so you have to be in that zone. So, so what do you do to be in that zone? Do you, for me, it's just like uh, maybe listening to a specific song or doing something that is completely different from what I'm supposed to do. You know. So, is there something you do to be in that zone? Because when I see the images, when I see that your work, it ca- I thought to myself, this cannot be so surface level. Because as you said, the pixels and the letters, the, it is so sub level divided that there is a much larger thought behind it. So what is your process in that way that you go into that zone or it is just, or it may be also like, ah, I just do it. Like it's not so much thinking. So
1: so a major part of me um, to do like a, a project that is not uh, just for fun uh, is research. I do a lot of research. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I love reading about things. I love speculating about things. Um and uh, I think that information overload sort of uh, becomes this fluid uh, that just comes out in terms of now how it comes out. It's just simple uh, doodling and sketching, uh, how mm-hmm. I want to visualize something. And um, I think in general for everybody like to be creative, um, like most often people tell me, hey, we don't mm-hmm. know how to sketch or, you know. Uh, but it's not something you need to know because we think, we don't always think in words, right? We're thinking so visually, but we're not documenting. Like if I go to a conference, I take notes uh, with a lot of doodles uh, and I like doing that. Like we're thinking and processing with visuals. And I think that I would say is um, a big part of my process uh, in making things uh, creators
0: that's 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 a good answer i, I was just like uh, reading about design i was just reading a couple of days back and a few of the people i mean i watched the ted talk by stephen Sagmister, a like kind yeah. of a designer is a product designer in the world there's a couple of people tony fattel who is a product designer at apple and you know the the concept of both of the ted talks which i really like is like happiness by design you know happiness Mm -hmm. by design so ability of the design to drive any kind of emotion and how design has changed their life so Mm -hmm. when if i ask you like is there any changes you saw in your life when so so for me it is like now i see any instagram stories with a with a very ugly font Or, you know, see Mm -hmm. like any kind of a poster where the symmetry is not good. I get really, really personally affected by it. So I'm like, (laughs) dude, please someone correct this, you know, those kind of a thing. And it it used to never happen before. But now it's also not design, design, but, you know, keeping your things in a specific way, you know. So that OCD just triggers in. And I think that that's because of my, you know, some experience, not say experience, but exposure to design, a good design, you know. So when you see good design you also fall into that category
1: um my views on like the world like literally from feminism to Mm -hmm. um, education to political views it's shaped who i was and um i sort of became i've always been a rebel uh but really to uh, question like it it made me understand that hey it's okay to question why it's okay to say, I don't like this and uh, be okay with receiving criticism, right? That's such a big part of design. And that connects in so many ways to just life.
0: But but you said yeah. a really good part that, you know, the why behind it, like the why and it, it's not repel, I would not say repel, it's just being curious. And that's what we want, right? I mean, it, it's necessary to ask the why question. And that's how I guess I feel like design and know all kind of art is i mean this is a topic completely different but this is what sustains life you know mm-hmm. maybe so sometimes i have like as you said like existential thoughts and i'm like what am i doing like i i i, I don't know what i'm doing so for me it was like what am i doing with being a analyst or you know working with data so then mm-hmm. how i calmed myself down was like i am a storyteller i tell stories with data so it doesn't matter which medium you use so you know it's the same right as i said you use design to express your ideas, some use a movie so some say data so it's a different kind of a medium but the core remains the same but when you said why uh, i re- really fall back to apple or nike you know like every design in that particular product or any say you can say have a reason behind it so i am mm-hmm. attracted towards those products like i want mm-hmm. to know why they created like if you say golden ratio in the way mm-hmm. the iphone is designed or you know there is a specific reason the camera is here or there is a specific reason why this is here so if i know the reason i'm get attracted to it more because i know the why behind it sorry to interrupt you but uh do you do you look no, for the actually,
1: why? yes um so like from us being kids um especially like in a typical uh mobile urban classic education driving, system yeah classic <laughs> education system no one lets you ask why Everyone's like, like, especially things like elders your teachers, religion, do not ask why. Uh, But design school allowed me to do that and encouraged me to ask that why. Um, And that curiosity was sort of bred. It um, Mm -hmm. allowed us to like become these thinking human beings of like, why should this even, like, if we're designing or something, um, we even questioned should this even be designed is um does is this actually required to be designed so um from that very basic level we start asking that why and um i think that's something that design has impacted me like the most and just being okay with and being confident in asking a why
0: yeah i mean the why reduces after a few point and we just like okay this is how it is but some of like it's just a everyone needs a medium to express their thoughts so I guess that is a tool which you have someone finds a different tool but gotta find that tool uh so yeah coming to the last two questions uh if if there was something a project or I would say a movement a design movement or any person which you want to work with or whose design or you see like If you were present in that moment, you wanted to contribute. Like if you want, if I tell you that you have one chance to go and be part of some movement, when it specific to design or be a part of this work, how they created it, you are just curious to know how they did this, how they reached this level. What was that work which you admire? I mean, for me, it's like it it may be many things. Like I want to be when Silicon Valley started. You know, that's that's what I, I want to be there. I want to know how this all started. So. What is there any kind of a design, uh, I would say, design expert or a designer in the world, or any kind of a design movement which you want to be like, okay, I had to be there, I have to be there, I just wanted to be there, you know?
1: So, um, IDO, uh, which um, sort of pioneered a lot of design, um, it sort of defined design all around this world um, at many different stages, and they even do it today, like even this uh, life center design.
0: It's it's a company named I-D-E-O.
1: Yeah, it's spelled I-D-E-O. And uh, that is something they're talking about today. So they're sort of defining and creating these pedestals in design. That is an organization I want to work um, with in the future uh, to just understand how they, um, what what kind, at what level do they really speculate uh, Mm -hmm. to be able to define these, to be able to foresee that, this is where the world is going in. And this is how we have to change the way we design. Um, I think uh, that that uh, I want to be in that boardroom. <laughs> I want to be at that thinking table uh, when that is happening. Uh, because I am reading about it now, but I want to speak to the minds who actually thought of it. Um, yeah
0: yeah i mean it's it's not about the final output also you want to be part of the process right you know that as you true. said leave the drawing board and want to know that okay i just want to see you know few things i just want to sit back and just do what you do but i want to see that but yeah but yeah, but yeah. i mean there's there's a couple of things which i you know i i was fascinated by choosing this as the second second episode or you can say storytelling via design is that i read a couple of facts is this like 88 percent of online consumers are less likely to return to a site after a bad experience like 75 percent of a person's first impression when they visit a particular site or a company's website is influenced by design and aesthetics you know that's so much i mean we have data about so many things that design is so important like if i visit a particular website it says like 83 percent of the people visit that blog and the decision to buy a product from that particular company depends on how their blog is and how their blog is aesthetically designed. So what do you think, like why people are not, uh, I mean, there are people who are focusing or driving towards more, you know, design sense or user experience. Uh, What do you think will change in coming years uh, in in the sense of UX, UI design, where, you know what, uh, this will be the future of design. And this will be like how people will experience a product. This will, how people will experience a, a website you know so what is that future have you have been you no know, any work or what do you have in mind with respect to that
1: a little disclaimer i'm super obsessed with black mirror like a lot of people foresee that um design and you know experiences are going to become so much more about technology uh which it is true to a lot of extents like we have mixed mm-hmm. reality and augmented reality and all of that yeah. coming in But um, I also feel like we're at this point uh, where we're going to just need more of one another Mm -hmm. and um, less of technology. And I feel we'll be designing for experiences that actually uh, have that need for just, um, like I said, like so much about touch um, is coming back uh, to every conversation that I have, that just that basic sense of touch is what we all need. and, um, you know, to be in, like, everyone um, talks about how we're in the experience economy. People are putting their money where experiences are uh, being created and something that is making things memorable. But um, taking that experience economy to the next level to actually making uh, experiences that matter to you, experience that mm-hmm. you value is something that, i uh foresee or i i'm hoping uh comes out
0: yeah like i
1: want to be designing for that
0: want to spend money in reality by living in a simulation yeah but but as you said like you know uh as you mentioned this part i actually you know was part of this kind of a workshop a very kind of a early workshop i guess uh, it was last year where the thing was it it was a work workshop where where you have to just interact with people so there were 30 strangers there was no mobile phones and nothing like that and uh, Mm -hmm. you just have to sit for 30 minutes and start a conversation and just start a conversation Mm -hmm. this was a topic I'm digressing a little bit but this is important as you said you know human touch and black mirror also and you just have to sit with that any person any person and you just have to start a conversation talking about anything it was so difficult not for me, but for everyone. Everyone was so awkward that people are, we are not able to, I would not say people, but even me was not able to start a conversation by a pers- mm-hmm. with a person without any technology associated or without any mobile phones to distract me, right? And this perfectly falls, right? To the point where even, even if someone, two people are talking, uh, there is a mm-hmm. pause in between. There is a pause in between. And we just feel awkward. We want something to fill it up, right? So, that's yeah, it's it so true. And, you know, I, I found myself shaking my leg, you know, constantly closing my eyes or somewhere. I, I mean, doing something which just distracts me from that moment, but we're not able to start a conversation. And now people are investing, as you perfectly said, into experiences because that's what's going to be remembered, right? Uh, spending money to have an experience, but what we can yeah. do is just go out and have an experience but that's so that's my dad true.
1: project was like on similar on the similar mm-hmm. lines um uh, what i did was i actually studied um what was missing in uh, interpersonal touch and um basically understanding so today we're in a world where free hug campaigns exist yeah or uh, japanese huggable toys exist and uh, in the us i've even seen like these ads of like professional huggers you can like And um, what I did was I created, um, like, my solution to that entire problem was how do we better these group dynamics um, without making, like, ensuring the touch is safe, social, and doesn't let you, like, feel awkward. So I created a board game that uh, has, like, overlays of fiction uh, and storytelling. And uh, it's, like, a mystery and deception-based game. Where people actually have to use tactile communication, you know, like even bringing a little nostalgia back in. How as kids we used to play so many games with our hands, right? Mm-hmm. So I use that uh, nostalgia factor to, you know, get into like this very nice, complex uh, mind uh, game where you use your hands with and communicate with the other person uh, in this game. So I think a lot of awesome things happened when I did this. Mm -hmm. People, both their hands are engaged, right? So no one has the time to even look at their phone. They're busy figuring out every move that is happening. So all their attention is consumed by it.
0: Um, There's so much, yeah. We need something, something or the other to keep on going on and on so that people engage. Yeah.
1: And there's a story to that touch. So no one feels Hmm. awkward at all. And I've tested this on. People who I personally know are extremely awkward with hugs or even handshakes. But they were so so consumed and, you know, uh, immersed in the game that they didn't uh, feel Realized awkward. That. They didn't mind right. holding hands. Yeah. yeah.
0: it was part of the process. I mean, they have a context now. Their mind just, like, forgot about it that they are, like, doing this something. But, yeah. But, but again, like, yeah, that those kind of things are... And now with the COVID everything going on the f- handshakes are gonna be all like <laughs> even though, even even more less human communication and we're yes. going to be very
1: disturbed like uh so conscious Uh, you know our mind is like these multiple tabs opened and warning signs that oh shit i need to wash my hands i need to be careful i open yeah. the door handle um we're we're going to become so much more cautious with every action we do yeah
0: anyways we were like thinking a lot of before doing anything and now people are gonna think about hygiene and a lot of stuff to even start with but but yes it's, it's gonna be a lot of layers like a lot of anxiety going on but again but the, the solution is like only technology right now even like to enable human communication like we are talking on a you know video call or or we have zoom or something else so even like to create human connection in this such times technology is coming into place. So, which is which is a factor, and technology is one of the reason why you know human interaction has reduced over the time. So this is kind of mm-hmm. a mixed, mixed year, mixed I guess, mixed stage of human yeah. evolution where we are like we want to reach out to the people, we are not actually reaching out to people, but we need technology to assist us to reach out to the people. So that's
1: true. In fact, like, um, my entire mom side of the family, we're mm-hmm. about a good thirty of us. We're mm-hmm. in all parts of the world, but. Just it just so happened that this year, we yeah. are connecting way more often than we did. We're having family game nights. We're having uh, you know online parties. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're celebrating birthdays. Every birthday is now on Zoom. Yeah, I think um, yes, technology like can be like this major booster for us to like have those experiences in our life. And I think that's where. Um, yeah, d- design also is going
0: to be headed. Just converging. Outside. I was saying like my mom just like a couple of weeks ago called me and she's like, teach me how to use Zoom. I'm going to play Housie with building artists. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay, okay. This is going to... Cool, but yeah. I, I, even I wanted to know that how they are playing Housie over Zoom. So they printed the ticket and sent it over WhatsApp and they are you know have some kind of... There is an app now which lets you play wow with a Zoom video Housie. So they are playing so yeah i mean it's good in a way it's pretty pretty good in a way that but it also sucks that yeah this can be possible without technology but if it is aiding that thing then why not coming to coming to the last question uh what, what is the next thing you i mean i know everyone in this such times everyone's like what are you working on what are you working on you have to be do something productive you have to do not what are you next working on but what do you see yourself working on you know like after 10 years or after 15 years that okay this is if if i if i don't have anything right now or if i have everything in my life right now this is this thing which i will do even after retirement what is that what, what is that thing and it can be related to design it cannot it can not be related to design it doesn't matter but what is that one thing which you see that okay this is something i can do for life after retirement and. Or uh, maybe related to design, okay, this is the project I want to be part of, I want to create, which will have a huge change. So what is what is that one thing?
1: Um, I think definitely, like, I'm uh, very, very interested in design education. Oh, it could be like a tiny school in the mountains or it could just, just um, understanding for myself what design education can do. I think it's it's very powerful and that um, in some way tied into my life someone taught me design and that whole idea of like giving back uh, I do see myself somewhere down the line in my life to be doing that.
0: I, I really appreciate this thought I mean you know having yeah it, it's, it's my also common this thing to just be a teacher after that I mean I just want to teach and enjoy like a way it should be taught you know but, mm-hmm. but you remember in makers' asylum there was one kid a little guy I forgot his name he was like two, three patents on his name. Uh,
1: uh-huh.
0: Was it Hemang? Uh, yeah, Hemang. Yes, yes, Hemang. Yeah. So that guy is insane. I mean, for those who don't know that Hemang is like, he was like uh, how, 11, 12 years old, uh, somewhat around that. And uh, he has like two, three patents on his name and he has like a lot of skills. A- amazing guy. And uh, we were creating something, he was creating a robot and something and he came to me and, and like, can you teach me? And I'm like, yeah, and he knew way better than me. So I was surprised to know, in that sense, that what is different, what to do. Not in that way, but how do he, how do he have so much curiosity? How is he taught? And then I found out that he's unschooled. I guess he, I guess homeschooled or unschooled. And then he's his mom was he's homeschooled. Yeah. yeah. And I spoke to his mom. Amazing lady. She has a PhD, and you know a lot of factors in a good kid. Have you seen when you you see that? kid or a completely different kid a lot of that involves in parenting also and i spoke to his mom for like for an hour and i just asked her that what do you do with him like i mean and we just say that these kids are prodigy right they are not they're just usual kids who are allowed to do what they want to do and a mom simply said that we don't do anything we just take him to places he wants to be and provide him the things he asks us like to aid his project or what he's working on that's what we do we just don't stop him to do anything. I mean, that's such a beautiful answer, right? That we have been given facts, 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 and there is no imagination involved in that. But I guess design, as you said, will be a very huge part of education, like which allows people to express themselves in, in, a, in, in an imaginative way. I mean, especially children, because that's where the imagination is so high. But I still remember that conversation with the mom. Uh, it changed my perspective towards education. I'm like, what if we were so good during childhood days, we were just stopped. <laughs> it was not that this. Yeah, I I thought like this guy. Initially, my thought was this. Hemang turned out to be a really really good person or kid. It's one in billion. But but then I realized, what if like ninety eight percent of the students in India are part of the education system and only two percent are homeschooled. What if we all were supposed to be like Hemang, but since we were part of this. Education system our imagination are stopped and there is only two percent of mark and ninety eight percent of the people we know are, out, including us. So that that thought still stays with me, but I agree, like completely different school no like not standard based education, but where people can express themselves. So
1: like makers asylum itself, I hmm, think it's yeah, like Exactly this Learning Hub. And I wouldn't want to go to school. I would want to go like, if I were yeah. to be a kid. I'd want to go to Maker's Asylum and just, yeah, yeah. just fixing a bulb or uh, just anything and everything.
0: And it makes sense. It makes sense. We see in three is like, okay, this doesn't exist. This is not reality. But it do exist. I mean, we have been part of it. I and Zakin have been part of it. And it works. You we are excited to be part of it. And the beautiful part about Maker's Asylum was that there were people from different fields and experiences, right? I was partnered with one an architecture student one who was uh i guess a uh, uh, product designer and and i was an engineer and i realized that i don't know anything like there's so much perspective involved you know about mm-hmm. the people and and to create something there is not only one profession involved there is a lot of profession involved that changed my understanding I, I i'm surprised that every conversation i have with anyone it all boils down to ranting about indian education system i don't know how i end up there <laughs> It's true. I mean, do any any person I know, we just end up there because we are so glued to that. And I don't know. It's a rant. It may be true. It may be not. Whether we are doing to change it something or not. So, any 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 last uh, few recommendations you want to say to any of the people listening that if you want to explore this domain and and not say profession, I would not say design as a profession. But you want to know more about design. What is the first step? Someone. What what you what would you recommend to a complete amateur to understand design in general, irrespective of the profession? You know.
1: I think just be curious because there's enough out there. Like you can listen to a design podcast, you can design, you can read a book, you can uh, look at websites and blogs. There's a lot out there. It's just how much you wanna or how badly you wanna catch that.
0: Well, thank you, thank you for talking. Actually, this is a good way to talk to you know friends and people have met so thank you for joining on this episode and thank you for talking hey guys so this was it from the eighth episode of care card and second episode of care card unfiltered uh you can reach out to me at carecardcontact-gmail.com the email id is on my instagram page feel free to send in your suggestions and let me know how did you find this episode also, uh CareCut is on all the podcast streaming platforms. It's on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast. So it's on all the streaming platforms, so you can tune in anywhere. Uh again, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh see you next time. Until then, stay safe, stay home, and keep tuning.